And... Welcome to the Slick and Juicy Sports Show. We're motherfucking back, motherfuckers from the world headquarters of the Slick and Juicy Sports Show on Bing Bing Bing, Hank Bing 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 Avenue, Chattanooga, Tennessee. You can't know that because we don't accept fan mail because we get too many panties and bras on our porch step. And we got women and mamas and we can't be doing that. But welcome the fuck back. I'm excited. I I, I think this is a rebranding just like the Redskins are going to have to do. Listen. But you said it. You, you said slick and juicy sports show. Is that where we're going to keep it? Listen, okay, so we just got to talk to you, son, okay? Um, so sometimes we make mistakes, okay? And we just want you to know that mom and dad still love you. But sometimes we decide on a name that 13 other people have decided on. And that would be future copyright issues. That would be something that we can't brand and make money off of. Something that you would never find us if you Googled us. So we have to change our name, okay? And we're still up in the air. We don't know if it's going to be the Slick Sports Show. We don't know if it's going to be the Slick and Juicy Show. We don't know if it's going to be Slick and Juicy Show presented by Slick Sports. Um, But this is what, episode 16? We're still going to roll with everything that we had before. Um, We're just coming with a different name so we can get to your mama and them, okay? You cool with that? Because if you're not, we can fucking foster you. I'm down with it. You down, I'm down with, with it? Whatever. You down with it? I'm down with it. I'm down with the name change. I'm down with the thickness. I'm down with the sickness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So especially, you know, we're gonna start bumping out like two episodes a fucking week now. Yeah, just pretend like our name offended you, and we're changing it for the good of you. Yeah, okay? it's racist. It's Somehow, racist. bench warmers was racist. Yeah, I rode the bench when I was a child, and that brings up bad memories for me. Okay. Also, me and Juicy J are in the same household now. Yes. We're roomies. So we can just fucking, you know, jack each other off and do a podcast wherever the fuck we want to. Yeah. Podcast stuff. Yes. Most definitely. Yeah. Whenever we fucking want to. And Bo's here too. Say hey, Bo. Bo's here too. He's out here being an Olympic jumper. Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah. Jumping over fences. <laughs> you should have seen him earlier. He has a six foot vertical and he's approximately one one eight tall. And that's a pretty intense vertical if you're into track and field. Not only did he jump up the wall, but he climbed up this little I mean, what do you even call this shit that we have back here? It's it's a um it's a concrete retaining wall. So the hill doesn't, you know, come on our house. We have about five feet of backyard. And then there's just this big wall of concrete. And then there's just nature. Yeah. And nature's trying really hard to take over. But we fucking went out and got some weed killer. We got some some shears. And we fucking said, hey, Mother Nature, you stay away from my fucking house. We also, we have the the biggest deck on, I think, in the neighborhood. Yeah, we're going to record on the deck tonight, but, you know, electronics and thunderstorms don't necessarily go together well. But you bet your damn nitties that we're going to do a uh, 
a companionship college football review from the deck as we're shit-faced after watching 12 hours of college football because college football is not getting canceled this year. So, okay, I guess that we can go ahead and go into sports now. Um, I, I'm trying to stay optimistic I appreciate about everything, that. but um, I, I just I don't know, man. I honestly don't know if we're going to have it or not. What did you just do? I just spilled the light all down my chest because I was just so excited to talk that my mouth didn't work. I guess, you know, this was like two weeks ago, but uh, was it Texas? Texas University had like 30, 30 players test positive for COVID. Yeah. I just don't see at that point where – where where do you draw the line for shutting down the workout facilities or whatever it is? And then you have these things are going to have to be stay stay open for training camps and and workouts before football can actually happen. But I, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, and even recently, friends of the show, friends of the show, Nashville SC. Um, so the first major sports tournament that's going to come back is the MLS back to soccer tournament that's supposed to start this week and all the teams are showing up right now and doing their testing they said that multiple players from Nashville SC tested positive for COVID-19 so, so I guess that's what I'm saying is where do you draw the line where it's like we can't do this yeah I, you know I mean it's or do you have to put those specific players under a two-week quarantine and then bring them back I think if you're playing in the bubble like most people think, I mean, NBA is playing in a bubble. MLS is playing in a bubble. Is MLS playing in a bubble? Where's their bubble at? They're not even – they're in Orlando too. They're they are? They're not even allowed to leave their room to play ping pong. That's okay. how strict it is. They have to stay in a room. I didn't know, I didn't know the until MLS they're going, stuff. Until they're going to training or playing a game. Yeah. And they're doing it kind of World Cup style. They have a group of three, play a group stage, and they're doing a tournament. Um, Do every, does every team – well, no, okay, you said it was going to be like the World Cup. It's every team, yeah. Every single team in MLS is like they're back, and then once they get through that, every single group game counts towards their season points, um, and then they're going to eventually get back into a season, hopefully. Okay, yeah, so I didn't know too much about that, but the NBA is the one I'm thinking about the most is because they have this great system. I think the NBA is light years – beyond you know any other sport right now and what they're doing in this metaphorical bubble in Orlando and playing eight games you know they brought six extra teams the ones that were close enough for the eight seed let's go wizards <laughs> I still think I think the wizards were the only close east team and they were still like five and a half games back yeah literally no chance I think they're literally eight games back but look at the the nets Kyrie's not going to play. Kevin Durant's not going to play. Obviously, he didn't play all year. Mm-hmm. And then, like, already two or three of the Nets players have already decided they're sitting out. DeAndre Jordan tested positive. Spencer Dinwiddie tested positive. So, th- you're going to have, like, a bunch of G League motherfuckers playing in in Orlando in this. And and the Bucks just shut down their practice facility yes, that because of all the today. positive tests. They're supposed to go into Orlando in two days. Yeah. To start training camps for for two weeks and then play this eight game regular season. I mean, I, I don't <laughs> I don't the NBA's got it right, the idea right with the bubble, but 
what happens if somebody tests positive in the bubble? Do you yeah. kick them out of the bubble? Are they allowed to come back in after two weeks? Or what is it? I mean, there's not... There's more questions I have about the whole thing than we're getting answers for. At the end of the day, and this doesn't matter for... Obviously, for the public image of each team, obviously the everybody in both of these leagues are super athletes and are probably not in the slightest bit affected by COVID-19. Yes. They're borderline asymptomatic, which is not a real thing, but they're such machines that I don't want to say machines. They're such, they're such good shape that they're not physically affected by it, but they're yes. still positive. They don't have underlying yeah. health. Conditions. They have good immune systems. They have their fucking they're athletes. 99% muscle. Yeah. So they could theoretically play, with COVID-19 and not even be slightly affected. But if they test positive, they have to be out for two weeks or not play at all. Yeah. So I guess that's why they're letting, what is it, 17-man rosters? Yeah. To come in. Uh, I don't know. It's just going to be weird. That, that's the main point that I wanted to focus on, obviously, the bubble. But the other thing that I had against some of the players – um, just deciding that they didn't want to go to Orlando. And you're getting that a lot in baseball right now, too. Yeah. Felix Hernandez, David Price, Yanaki got fucking hit in the head. Not Yanaki. What's that picture for? We don't do baseball. This isn't the baseball. <laughs> no, I do who you're talking about. But, all right, okay, so let's talk about contracts. So the NBA contracts are fully guaranteed contracts. Mm-hmm. Is the only major league sport that the contracts are fully guaranteed. So if you say I'm Trevor Ariza, who plays for the Trailblazers, and has decided he does not want to go to Orlando for sake of his family, I think his kid's got an underlying condition. I get that. Yeah. But where does he does he sacrifice his contract? I mean, how does that work? Like you decide you don't want to go play in this. Orlando in the bubble, but you're still getting paid millions of dollars? That's what I don't understand about it. And I think that a lot of NBA players act like they're – a lot of them are acting like they're victims for having to go do this. But you're also getting paid $10, 15000000 depending on who it is. You see what I'm saying? I think it's odd. You're seeing this in European soccer right now where their season would have ended in May. You're seeing this in NHL where their season would have ended in June. You're mm-hmm. seeing this in NBA where their season would have ended in June. This is supposed to be their time off. And you're asking these people to go against a regular schedule to come in and play sports. So For I, who? I guess that's what I'm trying I guess that's what I'm trying to say is should that matter if you're getting paid so much more money? I mean, look at me and you over this when f- since COVID fucking started, we did we got up and went to work every day. Every day we do not. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I'm not making a million dollars going to True Wellness. <laughs> no, but at the end of the day, sports are a business of entertainment. Yes. Could we have gone without sports? 
is is the NBA make or break on this tournament happening? I think they've already accepted I think that it's not and TV money. Yes, I think it is make or break. That's why they're I doing think it. the NBA has already kind of accepted that it's not going to happen. They're going in two days, Nick. It's happening. It might happen. What happens when half the teams don't show up because half their roster is tested positive? Then you get some motherfuckers uh, from the G League or, hey, let me try out. Give me 50 grand to go to Orlando and play basketball. I'll do it. I don't think. I think if. If I had five inches, I'd probably be in the NBA anyways. I think if Giannis has COVID, the Bucks Giannis, pull out, yeah. uh, you know, then fucking LeBron's going to be like, you know what? You know, this is an easy championship and this is kind of my groove. Um, I I'm I'm about easy championships, and this would help my legacy. But nah, and Anthony Davis like you know what? Nah, we can just stay home and still make the same amount of money off of this Nike endorsement, and uh, you know just come back in October and fucking try this shit again. I okay yeah I see what you're saying, but I think a great I athlete think, like no 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 I think a great athlete like LeBron that if he does have that killer mentality like Kobe or Jordan, that he wants to go play here. But you're missing the point of what I said. So if you dis- if you decide you don't want to go, your contract should be voided, right? Or you're just going to sit at home and, and still make that money. I don't know, but when is your contract? Is it the year-round contract or is your contract from September to June? I don't know. You're asking them to show up in July and August. But I imagine it has to be something with per games played. Like, you have to play so many games in a season. I don't know. NBA contracts are weird. That's what it is. It comes is. back. I mean, what was it like? guaranteed contracts. What was it like during the lockout? When was the lockout? That was... 2011, 2012? Yeah. They played, what, 60? 60, no, 60 games. 60 games, yeah. But they didn't extend the season because they locked out. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is as a a basketball fan and a sports fan in general, even though there's not going to be fans in stadiums and it's going to look like a fucking AAU tournament, you know, um, I'm still going to watch it on TV every yeah. night. The and we saw game. firsthand the first sports event back from COVID-19 was Justin Gaethje versus Tony Ferguson. Yeah. And that was probably one of the best fights in UFC history with no fans. Yeah. And that made zero difference. I guess that's what I'm trying to say is as the fan watching this, I want Everybody to be there. I want all of the big name players. And, and I understand injuries. I understand Kevin Durant. Don't get me wrong. Kevin Durant should sit out. Yeah. But for him not to even go and travel with the team? I mean, it would be on the sideline with whoever's going to fucking play for the Nets. I, I just think that's ridiculous. But I don't know. I guess I have a different mindset about it. But I, and I think Patrick Beverly... He had a really good comment on, on what was happening because LeBron, LeBron said, "Let's do it. You know, like, we're going to Orlando. Let's let's finish this season. Let's finish these playoffs, and we'll have a champion." And you've got the other players being like, "Oh, you don't know about it. You know, yeah. whatever it was it the Black Lives Matter movement or um, COVID? Obviously, I think there's two things rolled into one that are 
that some players is like, I don't think we should do it. And then Patrick Beverly commented back on it, said the Kings going, we all got to go. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's I don't know. We'll see. I I, I think it's going to be a good thing. I do think it's going to happen. Yeah. You're you're just you're saying it's not going to happen though. I I think the NBA coming out with the consolation tournament in Chicago idea. Yeah, that's stupid. That was kind of them saying, you know what? We kind of fucked up, jumped the gun on this. Let's kind of cover all of our bases. Then we kind of look good when it gets canceled. It's what it looked like to me. Okay. And that was that was this week. Yeah. They're going to say all the teams that didn't make it, they're going to go to Chicago, same bubble, blah, 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 blah. Just play some games, you know? Or yeah. And I, I get that too, but with all this shit going on, don't you think that these leagues kind of have to jump the gun on stuff and say this think, is what we're going to do? I and the NBA was the to. first one. I mean, I'm surprised – I said two weeks ago when me and you were talking about it, I didn't think MLB was going to play at all because they were having such um, discussions with the players and the and the players' association with the contracts because yeah. the owners wanted them to take half cut half cuts and what what are they playing sixty games? Yeah, they're playing sixty games just in your conference though, or your you're division. Playing, you're playing forty in your division and then twenty in. The opposing division. So, the Braves are playing six, 40 games in the NL East and 20 games against the AL East yeah. to cut down on travel. Yeah. But they're, well, still, playing, smart too, they're I mean, still playing in their home stadiums, but they're staying on the East Coast. Gotcha. So, that's, it, that, so baseball is not going to be in a bubble, but they're not going to travel for it. Mm-hmm. I think the the – the roadblock that football is is going to encounter is the bubble, metaphorical bubble type situation. Yeah. Because when you think, I think the NBA's protocol was they're allowing them to take 35, I think. So it's like 17 players, your coaches, medical staff, GM, whoever wants to go into the ball. I think it's 35 is the limit. You think about a football team. You're All right, let's taking, talk about college. I mean, you're your college football team? You're taking 150 people. I wouldn't say 150, but I'd say upwards of 100, 110 or a something roster like is, that. roster on a college, college football team. team is 65 people. Yeah. I mean, what, 15 coaches? Yeah. 20 coaches maybe? You're yeah. at training staff? So you can't do a bubble with football. I think what you're going to see in football is in college, you're going to see it conference by conference, which I would not mind. You're going to see, especially in the southeast, obviously in the northwest, they're probably not going to, Pac-12 is probably not going to play football this year. SEC is probably going to play football this year. And, and no, I Eight. wouldn't mind that just being a an SEC schedule. You know, like not SEC, even. I think you're going to see an SEC ACC, maybe an All American Conference mix, maybe Big Ten. You don't think the Pac-12 is going to play football at all? I don't think so. Just because of the California teams. Yeah, a quarter of their teams are in California. It's a weird time we're living in, man. <laughs> it's, I it's, think we're still going to see pro football. 
I hope so. And I, I and like I said before we started this conversation, I I'm trying to be really optimistic about it. But you keep seeing these big name players test positive. What was it? Five Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. The first week they went back to the facilities. Mm-hmm. Um, Zeke Elliott was one of them. Yeah. And all all sports are contact sports. Basketball is a contact sport, even though you don't. You're definitely within six about. feet. Yes. The most sports are other than like tennis or golf or something like yeah. that. I think that's but, why uh, I want to say golf is thriving right now, but golf is the most successful of sports coming back. You're not seeing players testing positive. You're seeing caddies test positive though. Yeah. <laughs> and then the players And even in NASCAR, positive. like Jimmy Johnson tested positive for COVID this week and had to have a replacement driver even though he's in the did car really? by himself. Yeah. I did not see that. So yeah, I mean football's football's gonna hit a couple roadblocks. Not only that, but there's so much more preparation that goes into football. Yeah. Facilities and, you know, training camps and everything like mm-hmm. that. There's more preparation that goes into football than any other sport in the world. Basketball the basketball players can they've had three months off. They can come in and kinda have that same camaraderie. You don't have to have a month and a half of training camp where you're learning your playbook or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's where football's gonna hit hit a roadblock. There. In football, their preparation is Fifty-three people in the same spot. Yes, more than that. Coaches too. Yeah. I mean, training camp. How many people do you have at training camp? How many people do you invite? Sixty? No, like seventy. It's more. Yeah, I think your original, your week one preseason roster is seventy-five. Is it? And then they cut it down to fifty-three. Fifty-three by the end of. You know, four weeks yeah. or whatever. But it is. now they came out now and said there's no preseason. So they, they haven't cut the preseason out completely. It's no, they the canceled. F- it started off the first two weeks, and now they just completely canceled. Did the preseason. they? Yeah, I didn't see that. I don't think I've been on my phone a whole lot today. No, we've been kind of living it without Wi-Fi here lately, and I've been kind of under a rock. But um, yeah, preseasons. Which is not a good sign. Dude, so okay, <laughs> even that. I mean, would you be is, okay? And let's I'm, say I'm, theoretically we go by the MLB schedule. Say everybody just plays their divisional schedule. Yeah, would you be okay with that for the NFL? Yeah, <sighs> you would play what? Six games. Six games. And you you play six games and then go into a playoff and I don't, I don't think that's because every division is different. It, I mean, do it like the NFC East like, is the weakest division in football. I mean, is it though? They all beat each other. <laughs> They're still the weakest division hey, in football. Red tails are reignited. They're going <laughs> to uh, take over the NFC East, or just do it like MLB's doing. So NFC East plays AFC East, AFC South plays NFC South. So. There's not there's not going to be a perfect way to do it. No. And it's, that's not going to happen. I, you've thrown a fact on me now for the preseason. Preseason is – I don't necessarily have not agreed with the four preseason games that we've been playing. 
for you know however many years. Uh, but preseason matters because you get to see those fringe guys. Yeah. And say, hey, can this fifth or sixth receiver on my roster make a difference when he has to? The thing about preseason for me is you can play preseason at the practice facility. You don't have to charge your season ticket holders ticket prices to come to a game to watch people on a Friday night that nobody gives a fuck about. That's the thing for me. I think preseason. I disagree with you. I think you have, should if be, you put, you have to put those guys in that situation, in in the actual stadium, and you know, at LP Field or whatever it is. And uh, Titan Stadium is definitely not LP Field. It was. It was stadium. <laughs> the last preseason game that I went to was uh, the Redskins at the Titans, and let me tell you what. I don't know if you heard this guy named Pat White, but Pat White was our fourth-string quarterback at the time and led a fourth-quarter comeback against the Titans. And um, I was within, i say, about eight feet of getting RG3's autograph after he completely blew out his ACL. It was a year after when he came back too early and just fucked his whole career up. But, yeah, that was a good game. I want to say, what? 2013, 2014? You were at the game. I don't know. It was like week two preseason, August 20th, hot as fuck. It was awful. That stadium stadium sucks dick. Nissan Stadium? Yes. Nissan Stadium does not suck dick. It sucks dick. No. But Pat White was pretty cool. Pat White, that was West West Virginia, Virginia, Quarterback, yeah. I don't know. I just it's. I wish I could be the commissioner for the NFL, and I think it's a lose lose. It's, it's literally a lose lose. I don't know if it's a lose lose, but you have to, you have to kind of meet in the middle, where it's not necessarily a lose lose. It's not a win win. Like a like a you know what I'm saying? Like a medium there, of where what you're gonna have to decide to do. At least play one preseason game. And this is the first season that the collective bargaining agreement, we were playing 17 regular season games, right? No, we are playing 16 this year, 17 next year. Are you sure? Yes. Positive on that? Positive. So it's still six teams it's still in the playoffs 16. this season. They're doing the playoff. Yeah, they're doing the playoff model this year. But they're doing the 17 games next year. And then seven teams... Yeah. Per conference in the playoffs next year. No, they're doing the seven teams this year. But not the 17 games. Not the 17 games. Okay. I'll believe you. We're going to fact check this afterwards. I think you're wrong. I don't no, think they're it. definitely doing 16 games this year, seven teams in the playoffs. All right. Only one team gets a w- first round by. First round by. Huh. It's weird. It, like I said, I'm trying to be optimistic about it, but it's not. I don't think it's looking good for anything. And in our small city that we're in right now, it kind of feels like it's over. Like it's over. Yeah. What we're not really What's getting. Over? We're not really getting the effects of COVID nineteen here. Hamilton County 
tripled cases in the last week. Dog. Okay, but I'm not sweating it. They're I'm about still, to force. The, I'm probably at work tomorrow. I'm probably gonna have to wear a fucking mask. Good, you should. Your teeth are ugly, but I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. But all in all, here we don't get a good impression on what the rest of the country is going through. Well, no, not like bigger cities or California or Florida, but my uncle's in Florida right now, and that picture he sent me of that girl's ass, look in the background. There's fucking people everywhere on the beach. Yeah, you're on thick as fuck. But, um, yeah, if it was Chattanooga, I mean, the fucking Mox could play right now. And her boy, uh... Hooper could fucking score some touchdowns. What the fuck's up? Well, see, we got to get him on here. Got to get that. Uh, we can we can ask him what it's like to prepare for a college football team season during COVID nineteen. And I talked to him yesterday, and I don't think that was one of the questions I asked. I I was more asking how did how did he transition from being a quarterback to a tight end and. Obviously, I already understood the offense because he was a quarterback or whatever it was. But he seemed like a pretty cool guy, so we're, I think we're, I'm excited to get him on here. Yeah, we're going to start getting some A-plus guests. This is a new age of podcasting. From Ch- We're the number – we're already, without even trying, we're the number one sports show in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So, um, facts. Facts. Come facts. at us, ESPN 98.1, you bitches. Come fucking at us. Because you ain't shit. You're just walking away from the... So pretty much what we're going to do... This is going to be a multiple times a week podcast, okay? And um, we're going to have multiple different shows. All of your friends are going to be on here. I mean, you're going to think this is the Juicy J Slick and Friends show. Because we're going to have our friends on here repeatedly. And they're going to give in their invoice, and we're going to have opportunities for you, the listeners, to send in your questions. We'll answer them. And especially when football season comes around. Hopefully. This is hopefully. We're at least going to get the most important. What you think about, you bring about. So we're going to say when football season comes around. When football season comes around. And at the end of the day, it's probably going to be the real football season, which is ACC and SEC football. SEC football, okay. ACC and SEC football. We'll agree, disagree on that I mean, let's let's look at national championships over the past five years. Clemson. That's it. Name another good team in ACC. Go to past ten years. Who else? Florida State. Florida State. One year. And go to past 15 years. Go to past 20 years. <laughs> I mean, who else? Miami? Miami, yeah. Fuck. Not in the last 20 years. Uh, yeah. No. <sighs> Virginia Tech was in the Big East when they went to the National Championship. So really, just we really just need SEC football. Yeah, SEC plus Clemson. Speaking about SEC, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. What do we think about that? <sighs> I've been on the fence. I think he's flyer fail. I think he's either gonna 
So, if Cam stays healthy, Cam is still. I mean, you. If Cam stays I know healthy, it was five years ago when he was MVP. Don't get me wrong. It was two years ago. It's five years ago because he was a 2015 MVP when they went to the Super Bowl. 2016. <laughs> 2015. Because <laughs> they played the Broncos in the Super Bowl. And I got drunk in the SAE house. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> Cam stays healthy. I think. Is it so? Okay, I guess I'll backtrack on this. I thought that Cam was going to wait or he was going to have to wait until somebody got hurt in training camp or first two or three games in the season. Somebody went down. Or who, no matter who it was, starting quarterback went down, and then you bring in Cam. Um, I respect Cam for accepting this minimum contract with a lot of incentives. on it. He can get paid up. To like seven point five million or whatever it is, take him to the playoffs, win so many games, throw for so many yards or whatever. But um, I I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good fit. I mean, yeah, I think we're either going to look back and say this was a great idea or this was an awful idea. What what were the Patriots going into the season? They they can say all day how much they like Jarrett Stidham, but is Jarrett was Jarrett Stidham really going to be that guy? A lot of people are saying Jake Stidham still going to play week one. No, there's no way. Don't get me wrong. Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels are going to have to change the offense around Cam. Cam is not. Are they going to have to, though? Cam, Cam is a different player than Tom Brady is. I think it's going to be a ground and pound offense. Yeah, but you still have to integrate plays that – Cam can get on his feet and get outside. Something that Tom hasn't been Is able to do. Is he still a mobile player? After Plantis so. Finiasius? What? Plantis Finiasius? Plantar fasciitis. Plantar fasciitis. Surgery. And a Liz Frank surgery. But maybe not. Maybe he's not as mobile as he used to be. Two, but he's still bigger ago. than every single defensive lineman in the league. Yes. So you have you you can't. You can't keep that same offense where he's in the pocket. You have to get him out at least a little bit. Something that Tom Brady's not been able to do ever. Maybe his first something, five years in the career. Something career. that Bill Belichick would have won 12 Super Bowls if Tom Brady could do that. If Tom Brady was a little bit mobile? Yeah. Maybe. But you also have to look at the biggest thing for the Patriots last year is defense. Fucking great. They're probably going to be well, – they lost a couple of people – Van Noy went to the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like they lost two. Or they three. lost somebody in the secondary too. Um, Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins went to Detroit. I think they lost anybody in the secondary though. Maybe not. They have a solid defense. They have a solid offensive line. Yes, you got to think about your weapons though. That was the biggest thing for the Patriots last year. Is that Tom was? It's almost like Tom was working with. Whoever Julian Edelman. I mean, look at great Cam Newton. I don't Cam know if Julian Edelman ever be a Hall of Fame player, but he's thirty five years old coming up this season. First team all concussion. Yeah. <laughs> Muhammad Sanu. Him and Wes Welker Wes just Welker. has no idea what the fuck they are at any time. <laughs> like, hey, uh, yes, Tom, Who I'll catch it? I'll catch this ball for you in the middle of the field and get a concussion. 
Where is the last team that Wes Walker played for? Because I made a joke about it, that he walked into a huddle and was like, oh, where's Peyton and Tom at? <laughs> I think it was Detroit. It was either Detroit or Miami. No, it was the Rams. It was the Rams. I don't remember Walker playing for the Rams. The Whams? The Whams. <laughs> it was the Rams. Was it? it? Was Jerry, I think it was. I don't think he even made it through the whole season. But I remember making a joke and saying, Wes Walker came into the huddle and looks at rookie Jared Goff. I was like, yeah, you're not Peyton or Tom. <laughs> Am I supposed to take a helmet-to-helmet hit <laughs> in midfield for you? So, but, yeah. Patriots weapons, Muhammad Sanu. I think, yeah. Nick so, look at, look, at, look at Cam Newton's 15-1 team. I told you this the other day. Don't act like this is something that you came up with because well, I told you this. I just brought it up. So um, Ted Ginn Jr., rookie Devin Funches, um, Jonathan Stewart in the backfield. Yes, Philly Brown was the third receiver, and then um, Jerko Cautry. Sanu is legit. Is he though? I think he is. Hurt all last year. I'll give him that, but... Traded halfway through the season. I'll give him that. Sonny Michelle is legit. James White. They uh, drafted homeboy tight end from Virginia Tech, so he's going to turn around the franchise. Which one's that? Saya? Keen. Bo has no idea. Bo's just really concerned that we got a washer and a dryer. <laughs> and he has no idea what the fuck's going on, but he is not about it. And he's going to chew through that door tomorrow. No, he's not. Bo's been such a good boy this last since we moved here. Ain't that right? Anyways, so yeah. I mean, I, I don't necessarily agree with Especially the Vegas odds for the AFC East shooting up so much higher just because they signed Cam. So I still think the Bills are are a better team at this point. But we'll see. I think... Cam's got to stay on the field. That's the biggest thing. Cam has to stay on the field. Cam has to make it to the field. We don't know if Cam can make it to the field yet. We don't know Cam's health conditions. Obviously, the Patriots were the first ones when Cam was on the trading block to get his physical. Yes. And they kind of played it off to like, oh, we check on everybody. So but we kind of knew. Was that not a total Patriots move though? That was so a like, total you know, Patriots move. Because didn't the Patriot, didn't the Panthers even say we're going to put Cam on the trading block, but we're going to cut him in two weeks if nobody trades for him? Why do you fucking trade for somebody like that when you know he's going to get cut anyways? And we said it straight <laughs> up on this show. We'll go back seventeen weeks ago when we said the Patriots aren't going to sign anybody because they don't have cap space. And they didn't have cap space, and they somehow signed Cam Newton for one point one million. No, no, they signed him for one million. They paid one point one million for sideline violations for filming the sideline. They but paid. The per- they paid more money to film the sideline than they did for a MVP quarterback. But wasn't it the perfect? Patriots move too at the same time that you that we're not even talking about those allegations and that problem that they did they got because it's the same day they signed Cam. 
Yeah, they cover it up. Their camera crew can't. They were be literally in any game filming this season. The Bengals. <laughs> I know. They got fined one point one million dollars for filming the Bengals, who were probably three and ten at that time. Bengals only won two games this year. They were probably one and ten at the time. It's just it is funny to think about that the same day that that comes out and the NFL puts those violations on the Patriots. Okay. We'll fucking sign Cam Newton for the minimum contract. Just when you thought it was over. <laughs> Just when you thought it was over. It's perfect. The Titans are paying Tannehill $21 million. <laughs> Don't give me no more than that. $31 million. I don't know every 20, year. $27 million. And the Patriots are signing MVP Cam Newton. National champion Cam Newton. Laptop stealing Cam Newton. Less than one mil. You got to look at. You said national champion. Look at. Well, who was on that Auburn team when he won the national championship? And then d- compare that to when they went 15 and 1, came was MVP, went to the Super Bowl. Not, he didn't have anybody around him. Who was on that Juco team that he was on? I don't think Cam ever played for a Juco team. Yes, he did. Did he? Because he got cut by the Florida Gators when he stole a laptop. I'm pretty sure he just transferred to Auburn. No, he went to Juco and then he went to Auburn. Okay. Fact check me. No, I believe you. Yeah, because Florida paid his dad. No, Auburn paid his dad. So, yeah, Cam Newton made more at Auburn than he's going to make at New England. <laughs> his dad made more. Yes. You think, do you think, okay, everything goes well for Cam Newton? Do you think uh, Cam Newton resigns for New England? Wait. My foot's cramping up. Speaking of flantral dampiitis. What? Flantral pantiitis. Plantar fasciitis. Yeah, that's it. He's got plantar fasciitis. Anyways, uh... No, I mean, I, I think if New England goes 10 and 6 or even 9 and nine and 7 and, and win the AFC East or get the wild card spot, I think Cam stays. This throws a curveball into our argument. The, uh, <laughs> the uh, Bill versus Tom argument. Was it Bill Belichick or was it Tom Brady? Well, now we won't know because now they have another MVP quarterback. Who do you think does better, Bill or Tom? I think think if you look at Tampa Bay's offense right now, they're going to be hard to stop. Because Tom doesn't have, at 42 or 43 years old or however he is right now, he doesn't have to be a playmaker. Yeah. You know, he's got two 1,000-yard catchers last year in Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. He's got – don't necessarily have a running back. But um, 
But Tom, when was the last time Tom Brady actually had a good running back? He's always had a guy who can get out of the backfield and catch a pass. Yeah. I can't think of the running back's name right now. He's like in his second or third year. But then you got fucking Rob Gronkowski coming back. Mm-hmm. Healthy, skinnier, a year off of football. Um, They've got another tight end. What's the other tight end? He's like a second or third year guy. It was a first round pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about because <laughs> he was supposed to get traded to the Redskins and he didn't. I'm blanking. <laughs> I'm blanking too. Anyways, you look at all the weapons that Tom is going to have on that team and probably add, I would even say before the season starts, maybe a veteran receiver, somebody who's still on the block. Antonio Brown. <laughs> I don't know about Antonio Brown because he's uh, going to the Seahawks. It's not Andy Reid. Been working out with uh Russell Wilson. Did, but going to the Seahawks. I think a team is stupid not to sign Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. If you can get that motherfucker to get his shit together, stop talking shit, social media, whatever. He's older now, but Antonio Brown for the last six or seven years has been the most dominant receiver in the NFL. You don't have an argument against that. You look at stats, you think Julio Jones. Yeah, I was going to say Julio Jones. Julio, okay. Maybe. Antonio Brown. Odell, DeAndre Hopkins. Mm, I wouldn't go Odell, but... Odell had a down year last year. Odell's had like two or three straight down years. I think... A.J. Brown. He's up there, too. Is he? Yeah. He's going to be. I do like A.J. Brown. (laughs) I do like Julio Jones. I think Julio Jones is the best receiver in the NFL right now. Do you think... You take Julio Jones over every receiver in the NFL today. Yes. Who's second? Keeping Michael Thomas out of this. Michael Thomas over Odell. Easy. Yeah, I would say Michael Thomas, number two. And then DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, and then DeAndre Hopkins. And then A.J. Brown? And then um, Terry McLaughlin. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. We'll see. I mean, I think I think you know talking about DeAndre Hopkins when you Arizona Kyler Murray is going to have to take a step up this year. And I and I was so against Kyler Murray being the number one pick last year in last year's draft because I think he has five five body and looks like a little fucking kid out there. But that's the way offenses are changing. You know, that's he can get out of the pocket. It's not. Offenses aren't going to keep being this 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, six white guy who just stands there in the pocket, has a good offensive line, and throws the ball down the field. You have to get out of the pocket. And don't get me wrong, white people can move their feet too. <laughs> it's, I think Kyler Murray has... I think he throw, he throws the ball better than Lamar Jackson does. Yeah. Do you, I I feel like Lamar Jackson is going to be 
an RG3 kind of player, and teams are going to figure him out at least a little bit this year. Yeah, I'd say – yeah, I'd, I'd go with that, yeah. But I, I feel like Kyler actually has a little bit of more football instinct. And Chris Kyler, must have had something to say about this. Play. Kyler is a better second and third level passer. 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 He is more than a check down, run out of the pocket passer. Yeah. He could find Larry down the field. Now he's going to have DeAndre Hopkins down the field. I think he was because he actually has a, for his small frame, he has an arm on him. He does. He's he's a baseball player too. Yeah. Because that was the whole thing when he was getting drafted. If he didn't like where he got drafted or whatever it was, he was going to go play baseball because he's already been drafted in the MLB. First round by the athletics. Athletics, yeah. So, yeah, and he can. He had trouble seeing out of the pocket. Also, had one of the worst offensive lines. But still, he still won offensive rookie of the year, didn't he? Yeah. So, I think Arizona's got a a good young team building up there, and they're playing in. I mean, other than the Seahawks. Oh, Rams. They're Rams. We said that last year, too, and they finished, what, 3-12? and 12? Not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> they also traded everybody. They did. Seahawks, Rams. Because Rams went, Rams went all in with veterans, you know, Eric Weddle and Clay Matthews and, and shit. They went all in. And when the season didn't go this year – like they thought it was going to go, mm-hmm. they start trading everybody. Yeah. Marcus Peters. Keep to leap. Did Rams have to keep to leap? They did. So they started trading. Todd Gurley's gone. Mm-hmm. Todd Gurley's. Todd Gurley's not an NFL running back anymore. He's not. His knees are so fucked up that you can hide behind the name of. Todd Gurley, we're going to give him the ball. Defenses are still going to be scared of him. Todd Gurley's not Todd Gurley anymore. I don't know. We'll see how the Falcons do this year. We'll see. Falcons still ain't going to have a fucking defense, though. But we got Todd Gurley, Matt Ryan, and Julio Jones on the same offense. Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. No, don't get me wrong. I mean, the Falcons' offense is... I mean, last five years has been a great offense, mm-hmm. but their defense can't. Matt Ryan's it. arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He is, and he does not get the any praise that, that he should get. Matt Ryan is a very um, Philip Rivers esque quarterback, I think. Big stats. Big stats. Doesn't always win as many games as he does. As he I mean, Philip Rivers in his prime, prime with the Chargers. They're in the fucking AFC Championship every single year. I wouldn't say that, but... They were always the stepping stone to get to the Super Bowl. Given, Matt Ryan made it to the Super Bowl once and blew up. Blew a fucking lead. That was play calling, though. Yeah. 100% play calling in that Super Bowl. 28-3. to Blew it. Blew it. And now old Matty Ice is getting a little old now, too. Well, I mean, what, 32, 33? Yeah. That's not old as a quarterback. That's like, for me, 
those early 30 years for quarterbacks, I feel like that's prime because you've been in the NFL long enough. You understand what it takes to compete and plan and, you know, your your game film and stuff like that. No, you're not going to be the best athlete. But when you've been in the NFL for 10 years like that, you almost get better at like 32, 33 years old or whatever it is. It definitely Tom, depends on Tom the team. Tom Brady's gotten better for – Definitely depends on the team that's around you. Yes, and that's true too. And football is a team sport. Like maybe Derek Carr would be a half-decent quarterback when he's 32, but will he still be in the league when he's 32? Probably not. I think Derek Carr will stick around. <sighs> Think fucking Mariota's going to take his job this year? I'm not saying Mariota's going to take his job, but Derek Carr doesn't perform this year. They're drafting somebody. Yeah. And I would love, you know, I'd I'd root for Marcus for four years. And he was just just never that guy. Because he couldn't feel his hands. Well, I don't think that was it either. Marcus never had... I can't feel my hands when I'm with you. Marcus never had throw that. another interception. Throw another interception. And Marcus never Woo! threw a lot of interceptions, but he also wasn't. Marcus Damn. would go like he's a checkdown guy. Ten and fifteen for 150 yards and maybe have 30 or 40 rushing yards. He was a checkdown guy because I feel like he was scared to throw the ball down the field, and he never had the. He was never so like, we had the we had the same guy. experience with Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota. No, Kirk Cousins is definitely a checkdown guy. Very frustrating. Kirk Cousins guy. is a checkdown guy, but Kirk can't win a game guy. But Kirk Cousins was also he was a voice in a locker room though. You like that? You like that? Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins had that voice. Marcus is to me his biggest thing is he never had the voice in the locker room as a quarterback should be. That people gravitate toward towards I was watching ESPN the other day and I don't remember who it was that was saying it. I think it was Lewis Riddick. And uh he was talking about Cam Newton. He said when Cam Newton walks in a room, that's his room. Like people gravitate towards him. You have to have that kind of gravitation as a quarterback, especially in the NFL. So Even at twenty three or twenty four years old and you you want your 30-year-old lineman to gravitate gravitate towards you because you have to be that leader. Do you think it would be an easy transition between Tom Brady and Cam Newton? No, and, and switching quarterbacks is never an easy transition. And that's... I mean, your, Bill Belichick won, what, eight games with Matt Castle and Matt Castle sucked. And then he got a huge contract for the Chiefs after that. So for all you sheet people out there, you don't realize... How much shit goes into being a quarterback in the NFL? It's preparation. It's like I said, gravitation, gravitational pull from your locker room. Like you have to have everybody on your side, coaches, players, your veteran. I mean, you're a 35 year old man. That yeah, you're 23 or 24 year old quarterback. You have to have those people believe in you. I guess that's what it is. <laughs> And then you have to have a camaraderie or a chemistry with your receivers. Yeah. Your running back, your tight end, your lineman. And they have to know everything that you're thinking. And so, that's why Drew Brees is so great. Yes. 
So I Pete, that's what made Peyton so great. Yeah. If you listen to Pat McAfee talk about what made Peyton great is that Peyton was even when Peyton got paid as much as he did, and I don't think Peyton ever took a huge contract, mm-hmm. but Peyton was always in the trenches with those guys. Yeah. Like Peyton was on the field practicing. I mean, even after practice was over, he was throwing to a receiver, no matter who it was, it was Marvin Harrison or whoever it was. Like that's what made Peyton great, and that's what made Drew Brees, Drew Brees great, and that's what made people who played with Peyton great when they moved on from the Colts to other teams. Yes, because you have you have to understand that preparation part of it. And I just it was Pat McAfee's episode, like I guess it was six or seven days ago, probably a week ago. I was listening to it, and he was talking about how when fuck what was the GM's name that was there before? Oh, I know because he was talking to him on the podcast. Anyway, so when they switched from that GM, and they the he had decided that he was going to draft Andrew Luck, and Peyton was leaving. This man got fired. And then Pat was still on the team for the next two years or something like that. And Pat was talking about how the whole like thing, the whole feel in the building just changed because yep. it was a different regime. It was a different GM and different, not a different owner. Jim Mercedes always owned the Colts. Mm-hmm. Different GM, different it was, uh, coach. Morton, right? No, if you said it, I know it. I don't know it. But um but he was talking about how everything just felt different. And that's the little things that you don't think about being in a in a, on a football team is like just a GM switching like that and your morale and overall feel for the in the locker room or in the building or in, on the practice field changes. And on the flip side of that, I think you're seeing that in a positive way with the Redskins. Well, the Red Tails, Red Hawks. Red Hawks, whatever it's going to be. Red Spears. You know, they're Red completely stupid. cleaning house. Yes, and you... And they're even going as far as changing their name. Yeah. So, regardless of name change, I do like what the Redskins are doing with Ron Rivera. And they're giving him some power over personnel, you know, stuff like that. You have to change that building. Yeah. And get it to where you want it to be. But you have to get everybody else to buy into it. A complete culture change. Either you're in or you're not. Yes. And Dwayne Haskins has to take this room full of guys, these grown-ass men. It's not college football anymore. Dwayne Haskins is 23 years old. He has to take all of these grown-ass men and say, hey, I'm the leader. Y'all are going to listen to me, offensively-wise especially. Or else Kyle Allen is. Kyle Allen ain't shit. (laughs) But you have to buy into me, though. If your team and even your defense doesn't buy into you as a quarterback, then you're never going to have that (laughs) – Championship pedigree for a team. You think there's ever a chance that Ron Rivera brought in Cam Newton? I don't know. I bet there was talks for I'm it. I'm sure there was a but conversation. When you have, so the Patriots don't have that young quarterback that they 
truly believe in a first round pick. Jared Stedham was like a fourth round pick. Yeah. Redskins don't Redskins don't ball like, you know, give up on Dwayne Haskins after one year just because Cam Newton. But you know why they're not giving up on Dwayne Haskins, right? Wow. Because Dwayne Haskins went to high school with Dan Snyder's kid. <laughs> Do you not you're not all in on Dwayne Haskins? I think he has the raw talent. And I think a coach like Ron Rivera can can mold that. But it's I like think clay. you give him two years or else you get the fuck over it. See, and I, I, you've said that before, and I, I have to disagree with you on on giving young quarterbacks just two years. I think we were talking about Baker Mayfield. And dude, dude, this is Baker's third year. And don't get me wrong, and it's a, a make it or break it year. Yeah. But you don't give I think up on a potential a potential guy that's going to be your quarterback for 10 years. Quarterbacks are different than a receiver or a linebacker or a running back. You if you if you think this is your guy, you give him time to learn. Sam Darnold's a perfect example for that too. Yep. Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen. And Josh Allen. You give them time to learn, mature and understand what it means to be in the NFL. I think you look on the other side of it. Look at Derek Carr. Is Derek Carr an NFL caliber quarterback? I think he's an NFL caliber quarterback, but is he... A game changer. He's not a game changer. No. I'll agree with you on that. But Derek Carr's also been in the NFL for six or seven years. But is it time to move on from Derek Carr? Yes. After six or seven years. But you don't move on from... Your young guys and Baker and Sam Darnold. Yeah. I think it would be a make-or-break year. I mean, I don't think you can count last year towards Dwayne Haskins. He lost his coach halfway through. He had a coach who didn't want to draft him as his coach. Yeah. Started Case Keenum over him. Yep. And then was forced into forced starting him because Case into, an o- into an offense that didn't suit him. And then had to play with the interim head coach who was, who was the interim head coach incompetent. I even I forget who the fuck it was, some old head. So yes, I mean that was, I don't think you. And need even to. down the stretch, Dwayne Haskins made big steps down the stretch, and started off horrible. Started off awful. I think his first game he passed for like forty yards, and then down the stretch he had a good passer rating, but I think. I think starting over with a new playbook, new coach, new everything for him would probably be good. And if it was Ron Rivera's church choice, would Dwayne Haskins be his quarterback right now or would he bring in Cam Newton? He probably would have brought in Cam Newton. But I feel like when he went to Dan Snyder for the job, Dan Snyder was kind of like, hey, we have this young quarterback. He's your quarterback. Mold him. When you have a young quarterback like that, you can f- make him the player that you want as a coach to but be. But look at look at raw talent out of college. Cam Newton. Was Cam Newton a polished player out of college? No. No. Okay, that's a good thing though. And look even, at Ron Rivera even molding Ur- even maybe Ur- Dwayne Dwayne Askins doesn't have the feet that Cam and the no. size that Cam no. has, but Dwayne Haskins is not a mobile quarterback. Train Haskins is 100% a pocket passer. 
But you look at Urban Meyer coming out and saying, yeah, we thought that Dwayne Haskins was a better quarterback than Joe Burrow. Which is, it was, was Joe Burrow is great. And don't get me wrong, fucking some of those throws, especially in the college football playoffs that Joe Burrow was making, get me wrong. I was like, oh my fucking. I remember being at Buffalo Wild Wings in the first round. Again, he was just passing Oklahoma all over Six Oklahoma. touchdowns in the first half. Yeah. Some of those throws he was making was fucking unbelievable. But look at that LSU team as. How many people do they have drafted in the first round? I don't remember who it was. Something crazy. Like six or seven or eight I or think, something like that? Yeah. Is Joe Burrow going to be that standout redshirt senior <laughs> that I won think, a national championship? I think. Had to transfer because Justin Fields beat him out at. Uh, not Justin Fields. Who beat him at Ohio State this last year at Ohio State? No, he got beat out by Dwayne Haskins, and that's Dwayne why he transferred. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, that's what it was. Then he transferred to LSU. Yeah. I think if we're going to trust anybody's judgment on quarterbacks, it would be Urban Meyer. Wrap it up. And uh, obviously, I hope that Dwayne Haskins does great. As a Red Tails, Red Hawks, Red Spears, Warriors fan. Um, but I don't know. As a Red Tails, Red Hawks, Warriors fan, I just don't believe in quarterbacks. And uh, maybe that was my dad beating me for wearing a Jason Campbell jersey. Or beating me for wearing an RG3 jersey. Or beating me for wearing a Patrick Ramsey jersey. Is your dad a Redskins fan too? He is. He is? Whole family's Redskins fan. What did he, did he like RG3? Nobody in my family really bought into RG3. As they shouldn't have. You were the only one who was too stupid to. That first year. (laughs) That that first year. year. Don't get me wrong, yeah. Him and Doug Martin. That first year. It wasn't Doug Martin. It was uh, Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris. Same person. That first year was a very Lamar Jackson year. It was. And that's why I'm trying to tell people about Lamar Jackson this year. It's like, hey, we've seen this before. Yeah, defense has learned to to figure a quarterback out like that. If you can shut shut the second level off and force him to make throws, then it's not going to happen. And you even you even vouched for me when the Titans beat the Ravens. The athletic linebackers. Athletic linebackers. On the outsides. Like uh Isaiah Simmons. I think you're gonna see more Isaiah Simmons. Yes, and it, it's, that's You're gonna I, see you're gonna see more safeties playing linebacker. Yeah, but I feel like it's even in basketball. I feel like especially on defense in the in the NFL, it's I think it's going to transition to being position positionless. Like you know, just get athletes out there. Yeah. You know, you have your corners obviously. They've played corner their whole life. Yeah. But safeties and your linebacker, you got your defense alignment obviously. Rush the passer. But your linebackers in the middle of the defense, athletes. Yeah. You know, don't have somebody who's strictly a middle linebacker anymore. Mm-hmm. Have somebody who can 
drop back in coverage to a safety or, or whatever it is, you know? And Isaiah Simmons is a perfect example of that. He can Isaiah play fucking him. safety, corner, middle linebacker. Slot, or he can guard tight end. end. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's, you can... I think that's going to be the gateway to something like a player like fucking Ed Reed or Sean Taylor would have thrived in yes. playing outside linebacker. Yes, in who they can, game. who could come up in the box mm-hmm. instead of just being specifically a safety or a corner or a, a slot corner or you know or, you know what I'm saying? Like it's there's not, going to be there's going to be a point within the next couple of years where there's no there's no positional disadvantage. Like you're not going to get the fucking defensive end picking up the slot receiver and a six yard pass. You're going to get your hybrid linebacker slash safety. Yeah, yeah. Who can cover anybody, cover any run or? I mean, look at Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, the yeah. Chiefs. If you look at his stats on like where he lined up this year. I bet it's 50% probably middle linebacker. Inside the box. Inside the box. And maybe 30 actually put back at safety and then 20 corner. You know, I mean, that somebody you can move around. And you're going to see more athleticism on the defensive line. I mean, look at fucking Chase Young. Yeah, I mean, he dominated college. We'll see how he does in the NFL. Yeah, but it's... (laughs) I'm saying not that much, saying how athletic. Yes. It's not just a big guy rushing your yard, mm-hmm. your line. It's yard. A, your yard. It's an athletic guy, not so much using physical strength, but using athleticism to get around the line. Yes, don't get me wrong. So I, I think your, your pass rushers, I think you need Chase Young is one of them. Just – they need to focus on getting in the backfield. Yeah. Don't worry about dropping back in coverage. You know, if it's a run, yes, you can shuffle your feet back a little bit and get the running back or whatever. But for the most part, your f- main focus is get that fucking quarterback. Yeah. Let your hybrid linebackers or safeties or your coverage corners – Worry about the second level or the third level Worry of the defense. Worry about the slot receiver. You go the get running that back fucking quarterback. Of, yeah. And I think Chase. I think Chase Young is going to be that guy. Uh, I don't know. I think in these last couple of years, you you see those more, just specifically pass rush guys. Yeah. That's Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, Aaron Darnold. But Aaron Donald's in the middle. He's still a pressure guy, though. He is still a pass rusher, yes. But T.J. Watt, J.J. JJ Watt's getting older now. But yeah. But like you were saying, J.J. Watt was always power. You know, mm-hmm. the guy with Chase Young, he's got athleticism. Athleticism, he can get he's got around you. Moves. He doesn't have to go through you. He can get around you. Yeah. So I, I, I guess, and it's not even like, like you said. It's I forget what quarterback you were referring to earlier. No, you're referring to Todd Gurley. The name factor. Yeah. You got Chase Young across the line from you. That's a name you're going to think about. I mean, he's going to have to prove himself, yes. obviously. But still, 
you're lined up against Chase Young, is that just name factor or is he actually going to perform? I think it will be name factor for the first couple name of games. Name factor because the quarterback does have to get to the line and think, okay, Chase where, Young, where is he second at? pick in the draft, probably should have been first. Is he on the left or is he on my strong side or is he on my weak side? And am I, I going to have to shift two linemen over? Do I yeah. double team him on that right edge? It's going to be. Hand? He's probably going to come from the left. But, yeah. Um, and then you have Montez Sweat on the other side. Redskins have a. And then you have Redskins Ryan. have an exciting young front. You have pain. You have six. pain in the middle, and you have Kerrigan subbing in. Does Kerrigan sub in though? Yeah. Kerrigan's a Pro Bowl player. You really have him sub in. Yes. I think Sweat subs in. I think Kerrigan Sweat subs in. And you um, got Landon Collins in the secondary. Redskins have an exciting defense. I think the defense keeps them in a lot of games this year. And I hope the offense does good, too. He's just not going to have any weapons other than McLaurin. And uh, Golden Gord. Golden Ganty. Golden Ganty. She's a big motherfucker. Do we want to dive into the Redskins name or do we want to get into that next episode? I think we'll get into it next episode. We thank you so much for listening to the Slick and Juicy J Show. Um, we love we love being back. We love talking to you again, and I think this uh, this double recliner setup in the living room just really entices some sports talk. And the beauty about this new system that we have is that we can take it anywhere. We can take it to your mom's house if we want to. We even give her our number. Maybe. She probably have to call in. She just go on the mic, say, "Hey, Jalen, you done with that? Let me ask her a question. How was that run game? How was that edge rush? <laughs> I think this is. I'm excited. I'm excited for this whole rebranding of the Slick and Juicy Show or whatever this we're gonna call it. Slick and Juicy Sports. But uh, we're glad to have you back. Sorry it took so long for sports to come back, this dumb virus. But uh, we're back at least two times a week. All of our friends are going to come on. It might be a 15-minute show. It might be a five-hour show. It might be a two-minute fight preview. It might be a five-hour draft recap where we get drunk and kick each other in the head. And then have to take it down for racial innuendos. But we're here, whether you like it or not. And we are first taking over Chattanooga, then Tennessee, then the Southeast, then America, then the world. So fucking buckle up if you're down. Because Slick and Juicy are taking over. Let's go. We'll see you next time.